Donald Trump's major economic advisor during his time when the economy was doing so well was a guy by the name of Peter Navarro, who for some reason Congress wants to persecute. And mostly it is Lips Cheney, uh, I'm sorry, Liz Cheney, who is more interested in this whole scene. Now, uh, Liz is seemingly trying to uh, persecute any member, well, prosecute rather, any member of the uh, Trump administration who refuses to appear before a committee that has essentially been tossed aside because it's largely proven and believed by most Americans that January 6th was nothing more than a protest that went out of control. It does not appear to have been any clear attempts by anyone to do anything outside of the law other than legally protest and the right of the government to listen during deliberations in the House. This is a major issue that this really talked about. Can you imagine the House had locked itself off, it cornered itself off, and refused the public its elected bosses, you know, they're elected by the public. It is the House of Representatives. They represent us. They represent you. They work for us. Their job is to represent the will of the people. And they refuse the people access. And which is why eventually the protest got so bad on January 6th and they came in. In fact, it was the police, mostly the Capitol Police, in most instances, who let them in. There were some incidences of pushing and shoving, but basically there was nothing out of the ordinary. Yes, there were some people who died, some of whom from heart attacks, and there was one woman who was killed, a protester, by Capitol Policemen for looking in a doorway for something they didn't want anyone to see. Who was in that room? Who knows? All we know is that something bad happened there, and uh, whatever was happening was something that basically they did not want maybe uh, they had Nancy Pelosi up to the wall plugged into something, you know, to recharge her batteries. Uh, does anybody believe that she's an existing human? I mean, you know, she must be, what, 180 years old? Let me put it to you this way. I am over 50, and Nancy Pelosi looked the way she looked when she gave us an award when I was in grammar school. Yeah, I, I, I used to go to Garden Grove Elementary School in um, San Francisco. Well, actually, it was Daly City, which is a city right next to San Francisco. Nancy Pelosi comes up and gives us an award. She hasn't changed. Maybe there are vampires. <laughs> Who knows? But anyway, um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm making light of a tragedy. A woman did die in that situation. But that is what some people point out that what did she see that could be so horrible? You know, somebody poking their nose or poking their head through a broken door. If there's anything, you know, it's just, there's just this person looking through a door at the worst, you pepper spray him. Why do you have to shoot the person? You know, uh, there should be no reason or had been no reason to go to lethal force at that point. Were they trying to bash down the door? No, there were Capitol Police from the other side of the door controlling the situation. Some had just moved away. They probably were sick and tired of whatever was going on behind closed doors. But most people don't see. Who knows? We may never know. But anyway, uh, here's Peter Navarro after his press conference, after the uh, FBI brought him in, or the Department of Justice rather brought him in. Uh, because he had filed some charges against uh, some aspects of the Justice Department, but he claims the reason is for this whole thing. 
Let's listen to Peter Navarro what he has to say. Put forward to her instead, without his consultation, another violation of the rules. She put on Liz Cheney and and, uh, and Adam Kinzinger, who I argue in the civil suit, obviously have score settling and access to grind. These are ultra virus, unenforceable, unlawful subpoenas. And that committee uh, should never have been formed. I blame, as much as I blame Pelosi and Schiff and Raskin, I also blame Kevin McCarthy. He, he knew right at the outset that they were breaking the rules and he didn't stand up right then. And shame on Kevin McCarthy. Now he's got his own subpoena. It'd be interesting to see whether they hold him in contempt. Whether he winds up over here, I doubt it. Who's this? Okay. Something yes, ma'am. Practice. That's what it is. Say again. That's going to be a legal question. If you were sitting there, you you understood uh, my arguments. I do believe, as I stated in the courtroom, that um, this was a preemptive strike by the Department of Justice to prevent my civil suit from going forward, and shame on them. And the evidence of that is simply, I filed that civil suit on Tuesday, I sent him a, a communication on Wednesday trying to offer some kind of modus vivendi, and instead of responding to that, instead of having the FBI agent call cordially and ask me to come down and go through this, uh, whatever it is, uh, they didn't do that. They just put the hammer down uh, and no American citizen, no American citizen should have to go through what I went through today, um, who is trying to do the right thing. I'm trying to do my duty to this country. I'm in an untenable position. The Constitution is on my side on this. And I'm just trying to hold, hold that ground. And I'm up against partisans who want to uh, weaponize Congress and abuse uh, the the uh, tools of, of the federal government. What Who was else? The, Anybody when else? They came to your house on Wednesday, the FBI. What was that? What, what was that? It wasn't Wednesday. That was last last week. They were delivering uh, a subpoena uh, to have me. It's a very interesting subpoena because um, they were commanding me to submit documents to the grand jury, grand jury 22-3 to be exact. And they weren't compelling my testimony. They weren't commanding me to come and testify. They were simply commanding me to deliver documents. And the, the, the untenable constitutional position we have here, uh, and there's a whole lot of other issues with those subpoenas, um, is um, I have uh, testimony immunity. Uh, and the president, uh, is, there's Trump executive privilege. Uh, so. Um, it's it's an interesting, it's a very interesting um, legal case. And look, my mission here is to get this to the Supreme Court so that they can resolve the key issues here. I think the biggest issue is whether an incumbent president can strip a predecessor of executive privilege. I mean, look, please understand this. Um, if that happens, if the courts allow that to stand, the Justice Department gets away with that. That'll essentially kill the institution of executive privilege as we know it. And it exists dating back to the days of George Washington for a very 
very, very good reason, uh, which is to allow candor from people like me sitting in places like the Oval Office so that a president can make effective and informed and optimal uh, decision-making. Anyway, I'm going to take one last question. Hang on, hang on. Do me a favor, okay? It's been a long day. I'm going to take one last question. Do me the courtesy when I leave here, because I've been generous with my time and I've got nothing more to say. Just let me walk out of here and 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 behave in a in a civil manner. So I'll take one last question. Mr. Barr. Mr. Barr. Yeah, go ahead. You're an economist. Is it wise to be representing yourself? Have you read my case? Yeah. So what did I say in my case about that? I'm curious to hear it from you. What did I say in my case about that? This is what we do in professional. You said you read my case. You asked me a question. What 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 did I say about me representing myself? Here to repeat back what was okay. Any other questions? Mr. Navarro, were you denied a phone call? Do you think it's a good idea? <clears throat> I'm representing myself uh, pro se uh, because I do not want to be dragged down into the muck uh, of spending hundreds of thousands of dollars of my retirement savings um, on this kind of venture. I'm going to evaluate my legal strategy in, in, in light of what has happened. Uh, with this, and uh, there'll be more to follow. But if you would, please, don't scream at me when I stop. Don't follow me. Just let me walk home, and I would much appreciate that. It's been a long day. I've been generous with my time. God bless America. Thank you. national whatever <laughs> the former Donald Trump's major economic advisor during his time when the economy was doing so well was a guy by the name of Peter Navarro who for some reason Congress wants to persecute and mostly it is Lips Cheney uh, I'm sorry Liz Cheney who is more interested in this whole scene now uh, Liz is seemingly trying to uh, persecute any member, well, prosecute, rather, any member of the uh, Trump administration who refuses to appear before a committee that has essentially been tossed aside because it's largely proven and believed by most Americans January 6th was nothing more than a protest that went out of control. It does not appear to have been any clear attempts by anyone to do anything outside of the law other than legally protest and the right of the government to listen during deliberations in the House. This is a major issue that this is really talked about. Can you imagine the House had locked itself off, it cordoned itself off, and refused the public its elected bosses. You know, they're elected by the public. It is the House of Representatives. They represent us. They represent you. They work for us. Their job is to represent the will of the people, and they refuse the people access. And which is why eventually the protest got so bad on January 6th, and they came in. In fact, it was the police, mostly the Capitol Police, in most instances, who let them in. 
There were some incidences of pushing and shoving, but basically there was nothing out of the ordinary. Yes, there were some people who died, some of whom from heart attacks, and there was one woman who was killed, a protester, by Capitol policemen for looking in a doorway for something they didn't want anyone to see. Who was in that room? Who knows? All we know is that something bad happened there, and uh, whatever was happening was something that basically they did not want. Maybe uh, they had Nancy Pelosi up to a wall plugged into something, you know, to recharge her batteries. Uh, does anybody really believe that she's an existing human? I mean, you know, she must be, what, 180 years old? Let me put it to you this way. I am over 50, and Nancy Pelosi looked the way she looked when she gave us an award when I was in grammar school. Yeah, I, I, I used to go to Garden Grove Elementary School in um, San Francisco. Well, actually, it was Daly City, which is a city right next to San Francisco. Nancy Pelosi comes up and gives us an award. She hasn't changed. Maybe there are vampires. <laughs> Who knows? But anyway, um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm making light of a tragedy. A woman did die in that situation. But that is what some people point out that what did she see that could be so horrible you know somebody poking their nose or poking their head through a broken door if anything you know it's just there's just this person looking through a door at the worst you pepper spray him why do you have to shoot the person you know uh there should be no reason or had been no reason to go to lethal force at that point were they trying to bash down the door? No, there were Capitol Police from the other side of the door controlling the situation. Some had just moved away. They probably were sick and tired of whatever was going on behind closed doors. But most people don't see. Who knows? We may never know. But anyway, uh, here's Peter Navarro after his press conference, after the uh, FBI brought him in, or the Department of Justice rather brought him in. Uh, because he had filed some charges against uh, some aspects of the Justice Department, what he claims the reason is for this whole thing. Let's listen to Peter Navarro, what he has to say. Are you actually hurt? Okay, are you actually hurt? Or are you just planning on laying on the road? Because now's a good time to, to tell us. We've got a designated area to gather on protesters all the way through by the damage. Helping China government to fight it, to killing our freedom. You see, it's the UK government to help China government to kill our freedom, the whole country people, the Uber's people, and the Tibet's people. You can see the image. It's very clearly that the government 
won't help Hong Kong people, won't help Taiwan people, just want to stop us, not to give us the, a chance to express that we are angered with this. We today come to China's embassy is so in this very state clearly opinion that we against China government to doing this violent things, you know. And the police say to block the road. We have the right to explain our freedom. It's okay. Okay. It's an offence to block the roads, okay? It's my duty as a police officer to prevent a taking offence. So it's a very good thing they took out. Communist Party regime showed its true nature, its true character to the
33 years. At that time, as well as I really hope that our family was free to have lived freely, happily, and with Thank you. It is a privilege to speak today and to be joined. According to the Epoch Times TV show uh, Focus uh, on China, or China in Focus, uh, there has basically been about a billion and a half dollars worth of uh, funds that have been, how would I put it, um, put out there by investors as being missing in China. And these are from local Chinese who engage in business. They invest in things overseas or within China. Uh, they go through uh, the domestic real estate and housing market. Uh, they go through uh, product purchases where they buy basically like future trading, but in bulk. And uh, suddenly a billion and a half dollars, mostly coursed through non-state control means, meaning cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, that type of thing, uh, which China does not like. And so Chinese banks that are dealing in those currencies or dealing in uh, what is considered unsanctioned foreign trade and investment are basically uh, being accused of money laundering and being set aside. Now, some of these are engaged in groups like what they have in the Philippines called Pogos, which are technically non-sanctioned casino gambling operations. Uh, and uh, some of it is online. Some of it is, uh, is in person. And a lot of this is going on throughout the, uh, the PRC. And uh, you're seeing a lot of this more and more and more in, in many different places with small communities investing their income, taking that income and uh, pooling it together, putting it in the Bitcoin, sending it overseas, making an investment. And when they made their profits, taking it back. But whoop, here comes the CCP. They're going to take the money. You know, and that's basically what happened in this case. Now, we'll let, uh, you know, China and Focus talk about it more, or Epoch Times TV, as they do here. Nearly a million Chinese customers are unable to access their bank deposits. Chinese media reports those accounts hold a value of $1.5 billion. Accusations are flying that the impacted state-run banks might be involved in money fraud. If that proves true, and without far-reaching protections in China, bank customers could lose their money. We spoke with some of the victims. Nearly a million bank customers have run into a problem in central China's Henan province. They can't access their deposits. The problem has spanned for more than a month in four rural banks. China's bank regulator addressed the issue, explaining the hold on funds. The four banks were found to be involved in illegal wealth collecting activities and are all under investigation. But customers accused the regulator of failing to safeguard people's interest in the first place. Some of the affected customers gathered Monday in front of the province's Banking and Insurance Regulatory Commission. They asked authorities to return their money, since all banks in China are state-controlled.
Many customers had deposited their life savings in the four banks. As part of the demonstration, some of them held banners shouting phrases like, we beg the state to help us. We request the freedom to withdraw from banks. They even asked the head of the Chinese Communist Party to intervene. Some customers were seen kneeling as they called out for help. One customer told us that he deposited the equivalent of over $70,000 in a rural bank over the past two years. But now his balance shows zero. To protect his identity, we're using just his surname. It's been over a month. Many depositors are unable to withdraw money from the rural banks. Wang told us on Monday that some customers had protested outside Henan's provincial government building for five days before the demonstration was met with a violent suppression. One protester was caught on camera after police sprayed him in the face with what was reportedly chili water. Police even stopped passers-by to check their cell phones to stop them from sharing any photos or videos they may have taken on social media. Another victim, who's also a local university instructor, said the affected bank customers are innocent. We legally deposited our hard-earned money in banks listed in the country. Why did the authorities say we were involved in illegal wealth collecting? What have the bank regulator and the People's Bank of China been doing for so many years? Why did they look away when these banks deceived us for years? Is it reasonable? She added that once the fraud is officially labeled as illegal wealth collecting, the customer's money will be completely wiped out. In this case, that would total a loss of $1.5 billion. Today we remember and we remark and we talk about, of course, what is happening in the world. We started with Peter Navarro and how he believes that persecution and not prosecution is what is happening in the January 6th investigation in Congress and also by the Justice Department and other government agencies, which is why the former economic advisor to the uh, Trump administration, who did such a great job, in fact, gas was cheaper, prices were cheaper, America was first, but now everything is last, uh, and that is what they want it to be, remain last for some reason. And we talk about the reason why. Well, that's China is our focus there. As uh, we talk about uh, demonstrators protesting on this anniversary of uh, the Tiananmen Square massacre outside of Chinese embassy, there's no mention of it in Hong Kong. There's no mention of it in uh, China itself, obviously. And even in ethnic Chinese communities overseas, if you mention the Tiananmen issue and protesters about it, well, guess what? Uh, even some media websites, we're going to have to bury this even. I mean, it's going to be in the audio description, but I'm going to have to not talk about it openly because even certain websites and podcast hosts and others do not like to upset the CCP for some reason. And that's kind of sad, you know, but unfortunately that's the world we live in sometimes. It will change because evil always loses. Hey, I'm Mike of New York, Mike Cohen. You can catch me at Mike of New York on Getter. Twitter, and of course, Truth Social. Well, yeah, sign up, baby. Have a great day.